Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. It is time for us to cross the Atlantic. We're heading to Canada, to the CNIB, the Canadian National Institute of the Blind. And John Rafferty is their chief exec. John, thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure, Alan. Not in Toronto today, you're in Ottawa. I am in Ottawa, yes. The nation's capital, for those that are listening that didn't realise that. We like to catch up on some of the big issues, some of the uh, the big goings on at the CNIB, and we've got a few topics to discuss today, John. I'm going to start off with uh, something again, which is pretty similar across the globe when it comes to visual impairment. It's employment. Yes, you know, employment has always been, uh, as it is everywhere. I think you said, Alan, a very hot topic in Canada. And we've got a campaign happening uh, throughout the month of October with uh, television, public service type commercials, speaking about employment and trying to raise awareness. When it comes to employment then, you know, in the UK, we are concerned and there's a lot of work goes into encouraging employers and indeed working a lot on training as well for people with visual impairments to help them into the the workplace because there still is that stigma around disability and employment yeah there is and and i think that this specifically so with the blind and partially sighted community you know we did some research to support the campaign itself and you know there's some shocking information that comes out of it and and to call it research is it's kind of opinion surveys of employers and You know, the one that really jumps out is, you know, if presented with two candidates that are equally capable of doing a job, 70% of employees said they would hire the sighted person. And that really is a shocking stat. What about support for people with visual impairments and employment? Is there any assistance there to help, say, the individuals or prospective employers with you know, paying for things like assistive technology and so on? Yeah, and I'm not a, a human resource expert, but I know that in Canada we have very good and strong legislation across the country around a, a duty to accommodate within employment. So, you know, assistive devices and the ability for people to have the tools necessary to perform their job should never be a reason why you don't hire someone who's blind or partially sighted. I think that it really is this misconception about the abilities of people who are blind and the fact that, you know, a full quarter of the people we surveyed still think that someone who's blind would need someone sitting next to them to read documents. How then do you tackle that, specifically if we were to look at the month of October, the big campaign, using social media, adverts and so on? Yeah, so I think you need sustained effort to be able to change those types of societal perceptions. And hopefully this month we'll be able to prove that a sustained effort throughout the month, both on television, in social media, and, you know, significant amount of activity in printed press as well and radio interviews can start to move the needle. And and by doing this type of survey work on a regular basis, if we can prove that we move the needle, then, then I think that there's a really strong case for sustaining this type of awareness campaign so that we do start to change perceptions. Okay, let's uh, move on to a spot of storytelling now. Again, you know, the vision of CNIB here. Yeah, so I think that one of the internal conversations that we have quite a lot is that I think that there are two places where we exist in, in the mind of Canadians. We exist in the world of the perception of who we are and what we do. And we exist in the world of the reality of who we are and what we do. And and there's a big gap between the two because we're, you know, an old organization that's very humble in, in our nature. We do amazing work, you know, for tens of thousands of Canadians every single month. 
And we don't jump up and down about it. And others in our sector have a much greater perception. And the answer to that is for us to put a much stronger effort into telling the stories of change and the stories of impact that we have across the country and really shifting our tone of voice. And I think that that goes to what we were talking about in employment. It goes to changing perceptions around the population that we serve. And did you know we can talk about employment and getting people with visual impairments into jobs, that the benefits they can bring to an employer, but perhaps hearing the story from a visually impaired worker, someone who, who's fought to get into work, and indeed an employer who has taken on someone with a visual impairment, to hear it from their perspective probably would add a, a greater weight than, than just campaigning. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we were very, very pleased that within the campaign itself, the individuals that are focused in the television campaigns are, you know, real live Canadians who are blind or partially sighted. We did a shout out to the community and focusing on the employers that have great successes. We hear amazing stories about, you know, uh, individuals in employment roles and how their perspective on things helps the thinking of organizations, you know, for the better. Overall, you know, I think that, you know, the sustained message from the first person, from the individuals themselves and the employers is going to be key. Would you agree is, is, is equally important to hear those stories? Uh, we, know we mentioned internally, but, but staff in, in the charity, in the organisation to actually hear from the people that, that they're working to help on, on a day to day basis. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when, you know, many of our staff have been doing what they do for, for quite some time, we've got an amazing depth and experience within our frontline workers. And they are used to these stories. But sometimes, you know, even though they hear it a lot, and they don't take it for granted, but they're used to having an amazing impact in the communities that they work. But we've got to make sure that those stories go beyond just our teams. Just like to touch on something, John, before we we wrap up today, um, and it's the path to change. You know, we've been talking about this; it's been a big thing for CNIB. But you have had some positive results in the provinces, um, you know, indeed in terms of rehabilitation work. Yeah, we began two years ago. We're halfway through the, this particular goal that we have strategically, and we're incredibly pleased where we are. We've got the provinces of, of Newfoundland and Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Quebec already has an integrated model. Ontario and Saskatchewan have, have all you know, made uh, firm commitments to sustainable access and integrating it into the continuum of care. And I think that th this is one of those forever changes that a decade from now, people will forget that they ever had to go to a charity to receive access to core rehabilitation services. John, a great deal been happening then uh, over the past month since we last spoke with the, the CNIB. Indeed, more to come. We will catch up with you again in November for some more news. But in the meantime, if people would like to learn more about the work of the CNIB, perhaps get involved or, or look for support themselves? How did they get in touch? Yeah, so I think that uh, it's great if they can like us and become a friend on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, and of course everything's available on our website and our YouTube channel, uh, website cnib.ca, and in YouTube our channel is CNIB. John, pleasure is always speaking with you, and thank you for joining us on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you for inviting me, Alan. It's always a pleasure. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.